Maybe you're new to Open Skies Church. We are in week three of a series called OK, But First. I think we all know the famous slogan, OK, But First Coffee, that some people can't function before they have their coffee. And we were thinking at the beginning of the year, let's look at some of the spiritual practices, some of the things that we believe are important to God to get right, right in the beginning of the new year. So we looked at, OK, But First Rest and how important it is to work out of a place of rest. Last week, Colin spoke so well on contentment. Okay, but first, let's just be grateful because as you know, it was a tough year for many of us, but I think we can still be grateful for so much. And today, I'm gonna be talking about something that I wasn't quite sure if I should actually speak about. I actually prepared another message. And uh, this past week, I spoke at Open Chapel and I actually said at Open Chapel this week, some of the messages that we end up preaching at church kind of start to develop at Open Chapel. I really didn't think it would be this soon, literally the week after I'd spoke at Open Chapel. And I really do apologize right now up front. For those of you who watched Open Chapel this past week, there will obviously be some things that I said on Wednesday that I'm going to say again today. But we do know that a lot of you don't necessarily catch Open Chapel. So um, I, um, we just felt it was a word and season for us today. But... Up front, apparently the mic wasn't working. Uh, we just wanted to say that we are hearing stories that people are missing church. And we just want to let you know that we really miss you too and can't wait when we can all be back in the room together. Have you heard of the waiter rule before? And this refers to a common belief that one's true character can be gleaned from how one treats staff or service workers such as a waiter. The rule was one of uh, William H. Swanson's uh, 33 Unwritten Rules of Management. It was a book that he made, and uh, it was copied from Dave Barry's version, which the, the slogan is, if someone is nice to you, but rude to the waiter, they're not a nice person. I know it's a pretty harsh statement, but I've often found it to be true. I'm not speaking about perhaps speaking up for bad service in a restaurant. Uh, my kids get really embarrassed if I... Uh, you know, send something back because it's not what I ordered. But I try and never be rude in those conversations, but more just to um, explain the situation and perhaps even an opportunity for, for, the, for the waiter. I, I remember once ordering the, the dish that I ordered came with sweet potato, and I love sweet potato. And then when it arrived, it was normal potato. So my kids are like, Dad, just, just leave it. Don't say anything. I was like, no, well, the dish, the menu says sweet potato, and I ordered sweet potato. And they should have let me know. So I called the waiter over, but very nicely just said, look, it says sweet potato on the menu. And, and she said, yeah, sorry, we ran out. So I was like, look, just, uh, just, just some advice. I think come and ask me, say, look, we've run out of sweet potato. Can I substitute it with something else? <laughs> and my kids were really embarrassed. But I, so I think it's important to speak up for bad service. And I think particularly in South Africa, some of our service industry isn't so good. But I don't think that's ever an opportunity to be rude to someone, to be ugly to someone, to start saying things like, I know the owner, you know, I'm going to have you fired and just being rude. I heard of this one waiter came up to this lady and said, hi, my name's Hilton. And, I'm, and she said, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just bring me a gin and tonic. Just cut the guy off mid-sentence. And I think that is rude. Um, there, there is a CEO called Steve uh, Oddland, and he's the office depot CEO in America. And he says he remembers like it was yesterday working in an upscale French restaurant in Denver. The purple sorbet uh, in the cut glass he was served, serving it tumbled down onto 
this expensive white gown that this lady was wearing. And, and, and he said she was obviously really rich and really important. And he says, yeah, I watched in slow motion it running down her dress and just ruining her evening, Orland says. I thought I would be shot right there on site. 30 years have passed, but Odland can't get the stain out of his mind. I love the imagery. Nor the woman's kind reaction. I, I wasn't expecting to read this. She was startled, regained her composure, and in a reassuring voice told the teenage Odland, it's okay, it wasn't your fault. And when she left the restaurant, it says here, she also left the Fortune 500 CEO with a life lesson. Just be kind. Just be kind. Adele Jones on USA Today says, how others treat the CEO says nothing. But how others treat the waiter is like a magical window into the soul. I also heard of this other CEO that when he is about to employ someone, he takes them for lunch. And it's not about anything about their skill, their gift. Obviously, they have to have a certain level of skill for the job, but he reckons he employs the person based on how they interact with the waiter. I mean, that's a pretty scary interview if you don't know that's why you, what you're being interviewed for. I heard of another creative CEO who, <laughs> he said that if the person put salt on the food before they tasted it, then he wouldn't employ that person because he didn't need those type of thinkers in his job. So he, he would wait to see. If they put it on afterwards, he was like, I want that type of thinker you know, in my organization. He wants them to taste the food first. Sorry for all of those who put their, their, their salt on first. You wouldn't get a job in this particular guy's company. But I think we're all familiar, and as you can see where I'm going today, is a little bit of kindness goes a long way. It's a pretty famous statement. We've all heard it. A little bit of kindness goes a long way. And today I'm going to be talking about, okay, but first kindness. And I think this world needs a whole lot more kindness in it, especially right now. So I looked up, as I always do when I'm speaking into anything, uh, the word kindness, and it says here, it's defined as the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate without expecting praise or reward. It's affection, gentleness, warmth, concern, and care, um, and, and care, and words are associated with, with, with kindness. While kindness has a connotation of meaning someone is often naive or weak, because I was even thinking about like kindness. It seems a little, I don't think I've ever spoken into kindness. It, it does seem like a weak word, but it said it's not the case. Being kind often requires huge courage and strength huge courage and strength. And for those of you who know my preaching style, I like to be super practical and make it relevant to your life today. And I, and I really felt strongly to speak into kindness. As I said, I, I'd actually prepared another message we'll get to at another time, but I really want to encourage us in being kind. When I was literally reading this yesterday, going through my notes, I had, uh, it was, it, we, we, we had an awesome morning and then I had a, a run which is crazy at lunchtime. It was so hot. I got home, I jumped in the pool and I was drained. So I got on the bed, put the fan on. It was a hot day yesterday. And I thought, let me just read over my notes. And it was quite funny because, uh, uh, and, and not in any way to, to say, oh, wow, but we, we, had, we had tried to be kind to some friends. Uh, uh, the husband's gone overseas and they, they've got three little kids. We said, let the one little kid come over and play. And she walks into my room with my daughter and says, please, Uncle Hilton, can you blow up this Lila? Now, let me just be honest with you. The last thing I felt 
like doing right then and there was blowing a palalo. Look, even on a good day, to blow a palalo is horrible. I mean, you, you get out of breath, and we've got also one of those electrical ones. You've got to maybe go plug it in the car, and it was hot, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And it was, I was about to say, Bab, this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, just, uh, uh, I was like, stammering, and I was like, okay, just be kind. And I remember getting up, and it was like almost like God, you know, made me practice what I was about to preach right then and there. And I know all of us have, have an opportunity where we've maybe turned someone down. We just didn't have the energy or the capacity. But I really believe more than ever, for us as a church, for us as a people, God wants us just to be kind. I love this quote by Mark Twain. It says, kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Isn't that incredible? The deaf can hear and the blind can see. Desmond Tutu says this, do you a little bit of good where, where, where you are. It's those little bits of good put together that overwhelm the world. And our church has a pretty powerful uh, vision statement. It's changing life, changing the world through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. And this is how we do it, with a little bit of good, a little bit of kindness, wherever we go. Uh, Henry James says this, and, and I laughed at this. Uh, it's so simple, it's so profound. He says, three things in human life are important. F the first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third is to be kind. What I want to look at just right up front is God's kind nature, and then we look at Jesus' kind nature, and then the nature of ourselves, our kind nature, which because we're made in the image of God. Because what I want to look at God's nature first is there are many people that don't think God is kind. They think He's this old man, up, old man upstairs with a stick, you know, kind of beating us into kind of submission. Uh, there's many people think that God is cruel. That why does He allow pain and suffering in the world today? And I was really interested with this, this guy who, who created a website called GodIsKind.com. And he said what was so surprising in, in searching for the domain, he, he actually couldn't believe that it wasn't taken. He was like, that's strange. You know, GodIsKind.com is not taken. And, and he even went and searched GodIsKind.org. That wasn't taken either. GodIsKind.co.us, because I think it was in America. And that wasn't taken either. It was absolutely bizarre. And then when he did a, some further study, he, he looked at words like God is mad and God is angry.com, and all of those were taken. Pretty interesting. So humanity uh, generally believed that God is a cruel God, that he's not a kind God. But when we look at Scripture, it tells us something completely different. Listen to what Romans 2 verse 4 says. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is, is intended to turn you from your sin? Isn't that amazing? God is wonderfully kind. He's tolerant. He's, and he's patient with us. Ephesians 1, 7 says this. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He purchased our freedom. We've got to understand that God is a kind God. The gift that he has given us in Jesus is just immense. And I think many times we don't necessarily have a response of worship to God. And maybe if you're one that struggles with worship, I really think you need to understand the gift that God is, his kind gift. to You get, need to get to know his character and who he is and what he's done. If I had to say to any of you out there today watching, oh, thank you so much. You're going to ask me, what did I do? You see, my response of gratefulness and thankfulness has to come from understanding something that you did for me. So when you do something for me, there is a response. And many, many Christians don't have a response of gratitude. We looked at that last week. One of worship, one of understanding that God is kind because they don't know the gift. 
that he is to us. They don't understand the gift, the kindness and the grace that purchase our freedom. Get to know who God is. Get to know his character. Understand what he did and you'll understand God's kindness. In Titus uh, 3, verse 4, it says, but when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we have done. There's nothing out of our own work. It says, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. Guys, you've got to know that, that God is kind. That's his character. When we look at Jesus, and I don't have time to go into all the scriptures today, but there's just so many where Jesus was kind here on earth. Obviously, Jesus was God in human form here on the earth, and he patterned kindness wherever he went. In Matthew chapter 8, he healed the leper, the guy that was an outcast. No one wanted to be around him. And he put out his hand to Jesus, and Jesus just laid his hand on him. I mean, you didn't touch lepers. And God healed him. He took the time. You look at uh, Luke 19 and the famous story of Zacchaeus, the short little guy who was a a tax collector, hated by everybody uh, because he used to rob everybody. And Jesus took the time to pick him out in a tree and said, I'm coming to your house for a meal. It's amazing. That's who Jesus chose to spend his time with. The ones that other people didn't go to their houses. I mean, you've got to understand the context here. This guy was hated by many in the city. He probably had a really lavish home as well. He had a massive, massive home, but probably never entertained many people because no one liked him. But Jesus took the time to be kind and picked him out. In John chapter four, I love the story of the woman at the well. And it's just so powerful. And you, uh, there's amazing, a TV show uh, on at the moment. Well, I think it's been out a while now called The Chosen. And I think it's the eighth episode. It's just incredible going and watching that story of the woman at the well. And Jesus, on this long journey, takes the time to, to stop, sit down, take a drink of water, and then there's this lady that comes along. And let me tell you something, it was just totally unheard of that a man would even in, uh, interact with a woman, let alone a Samaritan woman. It was just unheard of. I mean, it was funny because Jesus waited for the disciples to go into town first, because he was like, if I do this when they're around, they're literally going to just have their mouths open. They're going to know what is going on. So when they went into town, he took the time and he engaged with this woman and had a a life-altering encounter with this woman. So much so that this woman ended up changing the whole town. She was known as the promiscuous woman. She was an outcast. Jesus was kind, took the time to engage with her. Luke 8, the bleeding woman. Such a powerful story about the woman who crawled through the crowd, basically, to touch Jesus. One of our 24 Sky songs called Chasing is, is written around that, like, I see you through the crowd and I'm chasing after you. And there's a lyric in the song that goes, just one touch, you know, it's just one touch from you. And Jesus, uh, you know, feels, you know, power leave him. And the disciple, he says, uh, you know, someone touch me. And the disciples were like, uh, yeah, Jesus, there's a crowd all around you. Obviously, someone touched you. He's like, no, no, I felt power go from me. And he turns around and he sees this woman, you know, basically on the ground, crawled, crawled through the dirt just to get to Jesus. And Jesus takes the time and engages her and, and heals her. Such a beautiful story in Luke 8. Uh, last one of Jesus, Luke 22. Um, it's a pretty famous story. Just before Jesus died, a Judas comes and kisses him. Remember, Judas was the one who was going to betray Jesus. And uh, uh, the disciples there with him and then the, the, the priests uh, come or the people that were going to come and take Jesus away. And one of the disciples uh, got angry and literally uh, just cut off the ear of one of the, the guys coming to grab Jesus out of anger, out of frustration. And I mean, this, this guy's ear just like popped off and fell on the ground. Can you imagine? And uh, 
You know, if you, if you were an angry, bitter person about to be taken by someone, you would probably go, oh, let me just leave the guy's ear on the floor. You know, but Jesus bends down, he picks up basically the guy that is an enemy to, to him. Well, Jesus had no enemies, but this particular guy obviously saw Jesus as an enemy. He picked up his ear, he put it on his side of his face, removed his hand, and the guy's ear just stuck back onto his head. I mean, I don't know if you've thought about that before. I mean, I know you get super glue, right? But I, I, I can't even understand the, the power of that miracle, like reattaching someone's ear, which normally takes surgeons hours to do. Jesus, in an instant, just puts the guy's ear back. Incredible. You can go read about that in Luke 22. So we see Jesus had a kind nature. And then I want to talk about our kind nature. Because we've got to start to believe that we have kindness in us. We have to believe, because we created in the image of God, that we have elements of God in us. Yes, there's other elements that aren't of God in us, and that's the journey of, you know, being a, a Christian. Uh, you know, we, we deal with those things. But we have to know that because we are created in the image of God, there's elements of goodness in us. You know, it's, it's something that we do need to nurture, which I'll look at in a moment. But God, in His kindness wants us to be kind. And some of you may have uh, read this before in Galatians 5. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit. I know many of you uh, would have sung the song, maybe if you grew up in Sunday school, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I'm not going to sing it, right? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think kindness often gets overlooked because it's in the middle. We often talk about love and joy and peace. And we often talk about self-control because it's the last one that God wanted us to remember the most potentially because it's the end. But what about kindness and goodness right in the middle? I think we often just overlook that. You know, it's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. You know, you just go through those ones quick, you know. And I believe kindness is something that we really need to focus on today. And listen to what it says here in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit. So God's Spirit in our life has to develop fruit, and it produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And in Ephesians 4, um, 31 to 32, it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of that at the moment around the world, a lot of harsh words, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, I love that, instead, let's not follow the customs of the world. Let's be transformed. Romans talks about that, but the renewing of mind. Instead, let's be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You know, often we focus on that first part. Let's get rid of anger and slander and all these things and harsh words. And then we just overlap. But instead, actually, let's just be kind. Sometimes we deal with our bad stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean we end up doing some good stuff. Does that make sense? It just means we don't do some bad stuff. And often some of the, the Christian messages is, is, is re really being about like, you know, self-help type messages and let's deal with all our stuff but the message of grace is so different when we understand who we are in Christ naturally we we will end up being kind and loving towards other people forgiving other people just as God forgave you in Proverbs uh, 21 such a uh, I mean there's so many powerful lines in Proverbs like just they're like golden nuggets and I love this a particular line it says whoever goes hunting for what is right and kind finds life itself a glorious life do you want a glorious life 
you want to find life itself? Well, then you need to hunt for what is right and you need to hunt for what is kind. Now, I don't want to offend anyone here today. I'm, I'm no hunter, right? But I did once go hunting. It wasn't trophy hunting and you'll find out in a moment why. It was, uh, we actually ate the, the meat and it was for conservation purposes. Um, I actually feel a little risky even sharing the story because some of you guys, oh, you hunted. Yeah. But let me just give you the story. So I was with a friend uh, who, who loves his hunting and um, <laughs> we, we, we had his game farm and he says, we're going to go hunting. So I'm like, cool, what time? 4 a.m. I'm like, you've got to be joking. 4 a.m. He's like, where's where something that you blend into the bush? I was like, I don't have anything that blends into the bush. I had like a, a purple Abercrombie and Fitch t-shirt. He was like, dude, that is not going to work. So I think I found some type of camo that he gave me and we go out hunting. I didn't realize this. I, I thought it was quite a quick thing. You know, we just drive somewhere, jump off the vehicle and find something and, you know, skeet it and then we go home, you know, easy. So we first of all don't leave, leave the, the house in the vehicle. We, we start walking. There's dangerous animals there, guys. So I'm like such a novice at this. So I go walking through and I've got the gun on my back and we're cruising through the bush. One hour, two hours. I'm like getting hungry now, man. I'm like, we, do, we, do we stop for breakfast somewhere? He's like, no, we have breakfast afterwards, you know. So anyway, we, we, we eventually find this impala. But when I tell you we found an impala, it's hundreds of meters away and impala are very very clever now bear with me please somebody's saying i hope you didn't shoot bambi guys let me just give you the story right so we hunt we, we're going we're walking and then when we get closer these these things are so clever just remember perspective we we're giving the meat to the local people there okay you probably had a bra last night you ate some meat it did come from bambi okay just just in case some of you are judging me right now okay so so we walk through the bush and then he says right he, he uh, is bilingual, so, but he grew up Afrikaans. He says to me, right, we're going to go low and we're going to go slow. So I'm like, okay. So I crouch down and I start walking like this through the bush. And he says, no, down. So I'm like, okay, like this. And then next thing, he's on his stomach, like leopard crawling through the bush. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. He just says, get down. And he, like, he pushes me down. Next thing, I'm leopard crawling through the bush. Now I'm thinking maybe we're going to go like 10 meters. Guys. I'm not exaggerating here, maybe about 100 meters. I'm like, my goodness, we eventually come up behind this bush and now we are close. The, 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 the impala is right there. Anyway, he says, okay, now you're ready. So we're hiding there and he puts the gun up like this. And then as I'm about to shoot, he says to me, wait. So I'm like, oh, what now? He goes, that's a trophy buck. So I'm like, what's a trophy buck? He's like, no, if you can see the size of the horns. So I'm like, yes. I can see them in my scope. I need to shoot this thing. He goes, no. He says, are you going to put that on your wall? So and I just have an image of Janina going, there's no chance that's going on our wall, buddy. So I'm like, I don't think Jen will allow me to put it back on my wall, bud. He goes, okay, we need to find another one. I'm like, find another one? We've just spent two, three hours finding this one. Anyway, I didn't end up shooting a buck that day. So relax all of those who thought I was a, a killer and a hunter. But one of the things that I understood about hunting is it takes time. You've got to search for it. it. It was a hectic thing to do. And the Bible speaks about whoever goes hunting for what is right and kind finds life itself. You've got to understand that it's going to take time to nurture this gift of kindness. It really is. It doesn't just kind of come out of nowhere. You've got to nurture it. And I think we need to ask ourselves some honest questions today. Are we generously kind? 
And do we think and speak just with a kind heart or are we kind of speaking harshly to other people or about other people? We really need to ask ourselves those honest questions today. And if I'm honest, look, I'm a joker. I like to bent and I think that's all good. But sometimes I am surprised with what I might say when I'm out on the road driving. You know, I really do get frustrated. Like sometimes I see a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, that like doesn't know what day of the week it is. Like really... Tune the guy. My kids actually find it quite funny, but I really shouldn't say that. Or you're watching some TV show. You know, Jin watches sometimes the, is it the Bachelorette or the Bachelor? They, you know, some people are saying yes and yeah. Okay. And, and then the one is crying because she didn't get chosen. And I'm like, well, obviously, have you seen you? You know, you're in your mind. You're like, but why are you even crying? You look at you on the show, what are you doing? Obviously, there's, you can only choose one. And like, you find yourself thinking these things. Sometimes you're saying these things. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm, I'm actually not being kind, even though it's a TV show. I, I think we can all be honest, hey? Is it only me? Okay, there's some hands going up here. But guys, God wants us to be kind. And you gotta understand that there is a devil out there that loves it when we're unkind. You see, the devil loves to divide, but God loves to unify. The devil divides, God unifies, and God wants to unify us through kindness. And let me just tell you that I believe culture has become so nasty. We, we, we're seeing it all over social media right now. I'm actually shocked. Sometimes, you know, there's that saying, like I'm bringing out the popcorn on social media. For those of you who aren't on social media, if there's an altercation or some sorts, people right there, I'm bringing out the popcorn because this is about to be a movie, you know. There's going to be some stuff that is going to be said. And sometimes I'm horrified when I read some of the comments and you realize how divided people are around the world. And like, I'm like, God, there's no hope. Like, I don't think we ever going to get anyone to agree. I get that. But why have people become so angry and so ugly and so unkind on social media? You've got to know this, guys, that there is always someone on the other side of that screen. I'm not going to go to the details of it, but someone was ugly uh, to someone close to me the other day on social media. And I was like, I don't normally step into these things. I was like, look, bro, I don't think you would say that to your face. You know, just, just be kind. If someone has a different opinion to you, and I know so many different opinions right now when it comes to politics, when it comes to, um, you know, COVID and mask or no mask, all these things. But can we just be kind in our responses? You know, just to say, hey, look, that's an interesting thought. I've never seen it that way, but I don't know if I necessarily agree. It does take some time. Remember, I said you've got to hunt for it. It might take some time to write. It's easy just to say, hey, shut up. Pipe down. Wake up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a loser. Are you thick? All those things. So easy to do that. But if you just say, look, this is my perspective. You know, this is how I feel. Can we not talk like that, even on social media? Why do we become so abrupt? I don't think we would often say that to someone's face like that, but we become so abrupt on social media and through messages. And I know tone can often be misinterpreted. And because it can, let's take the time just to be kind, just to speak nicely. And I've said this before, but there's a difference between reacting and responding. Reacting, I think, is like instantaneous. Someone says something and we react. We often just blow up. It's kind of like a, a science experiment. You just react to it straight away. I'll never forget my science teacher knew I wasn't going to take science from a trick. <laughs> and I was his guinea pig. And uh, 
He said to me, right, Mr. Greg, could you come here? And I was like, oh, gosh, here goes. I, I, I was always picked on. And I found it amusing, and so did my friends, because I wasn't taking science as a subject. And he said, we're going to see what reaction takes place here today. Mr. Greg, if you could hold this test tube. And I'm standing there, you know, holding this little test tube. I was in standard seven at the time, grade nine. And he puts, like, a whole lot of stuff in there. And I'm like, this stuff looks dangerous. I don't know what it was. And then he lights a match and he like just drops it in there. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And next thing, this thing's bubbling and smoking. And, and he's looking at me with this grin, like, <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens. And next thing, I, I just dropped the test tube. Like, my hands were hot. It was burning. I had a little blister. And he says to me, you're right. Thank you by Mr. Greg's fingers. You can see today there was a heat reaction that took, some, took place. And I was like, yeah, sure, thank you so much. And a reaction is something that happens like instantaneously. And often when we react, it can end up hurting. But I believe if we learn to respond, and the only difference between reacting and responding is time, just a little more time. Take a moment just to close your eyes, just to self-reflect, think about your reaction, and then respond. I read something interesting the other day that when, you, when you're writing an angry email, I know you've all done it before, where perhaps you're upset with a work colleague or something someone has done, you know what they say? Don't send it. Sleep on it. Wake up the next morning. Read over it again. And then delete it. <laughs> you're expecting me to say do some editing. Delete it. When we just react, it's never going to be kind. And... I was mentioning uh, social media, uh, Bethel Church in the U.S., they take a lot of flack uh, for many various reasons, and people are often unkind to them, uh, just sometimes their political stance and different things. But Jen Johnson, who's one of the pastors there, she stuck this up the other day on uh, social media, and uh, it reads this, the devil loves when Christians get sidetracked in petty arguments and judgment, especially with other believers. It keeps you from doing what you're on the planet to do, and that is lead people to Jesus. Have we become so well-adjusted to the culture around us? And I want to read this Roman scripture in the message. Listen to what it says. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, because I think we need God help with, with this. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Just place it before God. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I said to you, when you respond, you've got to take some time to think. We become so well adjusted to our culture, we end up doing what everybody else does. Instead, fix your attention on God. Say, God, what would you do in this situation? Because behind the person you're about to attack is a person that is loved by God, is a child of God, perhaps has some issues, some struggles, and perhaps shouldn't have said what they said. But take the time. Fix your attention to God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Guys, let's not be dragged down as a church, as a people, as Christians, to what is going on out there with the level of immaturity, honestly, that we're seeing on social media. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I said it's going to take some time. You're going to have to hunt for it. Maturity doesn't just happen overnight. And then if you flick on a few verses in Romans 12, it says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. 
and take delight in honoring each other. I did a little devotion with my kids the other day and, and I just said to them, kindness is more than words. It has to be followed by actions. It's far more than words. It has to be followed by actions. And I just wrote down a couple ideas just when it comes to actions. Why don't you make a meal for someone? Why don't you pay for someone's meal when you're next out to lunch? Why don't you take a friend for lunch? Why don't you pay for someone's coffee? It's so easy, even a stranger behind you. Why don't you leave a note for someone? Why don't you give a stranger a compliment? Have you ever done that before? I know it might be embarrassing. I did it the other day. Why don't you hold an elevator door for someone, especially with coronavirus? People don't want to touch elevator doors and buttons. Send flowers for no reason. Why don't you make some muffins or a cake for, for, for your office at work? Why don't you offer to babysit for free? We have some kind people that often babysit for us for free. Why don't you support local? Why don't you just send, I'm, a think, I'm thinking of you message to someone, even right now after the service. Why don't you just leave a kind comment on someone's picture that they post instead of just flicking through the picture. Say, hey, you're looking good, you're looking well, you're looking healthy. Why don't you let someone into your lane in front of you? Come on in. We got some angry drivers in Hillcrest. I might be one of them sometimes, I'm sorry. Why don't you bring your spouse coffee in bed? I like to do that. Why don't you spend some time with some old people, your grandparents? I remember often driving down to Durban and to Queensborough where Jin's, when Jin's grandparents were still alive and I really enjoyed those times going down. It was, it was an effort, you know, going all the way down the hill, but they loved it and we loved just chatting together. Just amazing just to hear some of the old stories. Why don't you talk to the shy one? Next time you're at a party, someone that's been left out, why don't you include them? Okay, I'm coming into a close. Just three quick things. How to grow in kindness. Just very quickly, cultivate feelings of kindness. You have to work at this. Okay, kind behavior comes more naturally when we're feeling a sense of compassion and a connection to other people. Take the time to connect and time to think about qualities of other kind people that have supported you before and it gives you an opportunity to learn. So take the time to cultivate that. Two, Practice kindness regularly. Kindness is contagious. You really got to know that. Kindness is contagious. And the more kind you are, the more contagious it becomes and the more you want to do it. It's kind of like running. I hated running three months ago when I started. Look, I don't want to say I love it, but it really, my Nike app said to me the other day, it never gets easier. You just get better. I was like, yes. And you start to enjoy it a little bit more when you get fitter. But let's, let's practice kindness. Every day, random acts of kindness. Every day, even if we don't feel like it. And let me just say that it's not the reason why we do it, but you start to feel good. It's, you start to feel energized because you are bringing on the character of God. And when you start to do things and see the reward and, and being not a reward for yourself, but the reward of the other person, it's a beautiful thing to witness. Three, kindness. Sorry, encourage others in kindness. Let this thing be contagious beyond yourself. You can encourage others to be kind. Encourage your kids, encourage your staff. Let's, let, let's just build a community of kindness. And it does take time. But I really believe that stories of kindness will last forever. And I wanna end with a story of kindness that I came across. I, I did mention it a few years ago here at church, but for those that haven't heard about it, I love the story in 1996, 20 odd years ago, there was a, a group of KKK members, the Ku Klux Klan. It's a, it's a hell of an uh, uh, organization name and the organization itself is just horrendous. Just a bunch of racists. 
and they held a, a rally in Michigan and police separated the KKK members from the protesters, people protesting against what they were about. And one of the KKK members infiltrated the other side. And these people that were basically protesting peace and against racism started shouting out of and reacting out of anger, kill the Nazi, kill the Nazi. And the crowd started beating this man that had come through to the other side. And then there was this 18-year-old African-American girl by the name of Keshia Thomas. Who threw, she threw her body on top of the man to stop the beating. And there's an image that will go up right now on the screen. It's a pretty famous image. You can see it there, so real. Just She just took dis disregarded her own safety, her own well-being, and she threw herself onto top of this man just to protect her. There's a couple other pics um, they are on color because sometimes we think, oh, this is such a long time ago because it's black and white and there she is there protecting the man and taking him out. She had no reason to do that church because that particular man was one that was an enemy really who was racist towards her. And it asks the question, who does this type of thing? And it turns out, I read an article that turns out she was a committed follower of Jesus. And she speaks about her face. She says, I knew what it was like to be hurt. The many times that it happened, I wish someone had stood up for me. And she spoke about the story of crossing the street, you know, the story of the Good Samaritan and protect someone different from her. Uh, Thomas says she tries to do something to break down racial stereotypes every day. I was telling you about nurturing this gift. No grand gestures. She thinks that small, regular acts of kindness are more important. And then she says, the biggest thing you can do is just be kind to another human being. It can come down to eye contact or a smile. It doesn't have to be a huge monumental act. She goes on to speak about love, decency, honor, respect, consideration, and empathy. Church, can we learn from that act of kindness, that story of kindness? Because the Bible says they will know us by our fruit. A new commandment, the Bible says, I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. And by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. And in Romans 2, 4, it says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Other versions say it's, it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. Not only you, but people around you. We want people to come to know God. I think it starts with kindness. And I'm going to end with this today. I promise you I'm ending. Um, some of you see me wear this uh, key before. Uh, it's, a, it's a hope key. And um, in Proverbs, it speaks about never letting loyalty and kindness leave you. And it says, tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor, listen to this, with God and people, those around you, and you will earn a good reputation. And this uh, key was given to me by a friend that I met in Nashville, and he has a ministry called Anthem of Hope. And it says hope on the key. And he started a ministry helping people that uh, with depression and anxiety and uh, Unfortunately, uh, it was about a year or so ago, he ended up taking his life tragically on uh, World Suicide Day. And uh, I remember him giving me this key. We hit it off in this cafe and it just felt like we had known each other forever. And so I wear this not just as a fashion as accessory, but it, it, it means something. 
And the idea of these giving keys is if you struggle with something, once you over it, you give it on to somebody else. And this key is powerful because it was a, it was a kind act from someone to me that had some struggles. And the reason why we often wear things around our neck is because it's close to our heart and it's front and center. And the Bible says, wear kindness like a necklace. And I really believe that as we show kindness to the world around us, people will see it. It's something close to God's heart. And God wants your heart to connect with other people's hearts so that many can come to know Him. Can we pray? Father, we thank You so much for this message. God, thank You that it's so simple yet so profound when we look at Your Word. And so often we just miss the simple things. God, would You teach us to be more kind, Lord? Lord, let kindness just ooze out of us because it is Your character. It's who You are. And God, thank You that many today that are listening would, would have been convicted. And Lord, can it start today for every single one of us where there is often an opportunity to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, or just not even feel like doing anything. God, would you just stir our hearts in compassion for people with kind acts, Lord God. When we don't feel like it, when, when it's a real effort, remind us of your word, how we need to hunt for it, God. Thank you for many, many stories, the ones that we hear of Kesia Thomas that will come out of the collective body of people in this church, acts of kindness that change and shape the world, stories that people will talk about for years.